0: Jesus says this is how all will know you for my disciples, your love for one another. Our record of loving one another is not good. In the 4th century, we started killing one another for holding different theological opinions. We've stopped the physical torture and killing, but the Vatican office that ran the Inquisition still exists, with a name change, and its methods still shock those who see it in action against fellow Christians. St. Robert Bellarmine was instrumental in having the philosopher Giordano Bruno burned alive in part for saying that there might be life on other planets, and in getting Galileo imprisoned. St. Joan of Arc led troops who ravaged the countryside when not killing fellow Catholics for the sake of the kingdom of Charles VII, not the kingdom of God. Then her Catholic rivals burned her alive. The wars between Catholics and Protestants in the 16th century Europe were among the most vicious in history. In Ireland, Lebanon, Croatia, Serbia, and many other places, we've killed one another using the name of Christian communities – Catholic, Orthodox, Protestant – as our labels and war cries. A poster I saw rightly says that a major step toward world peace would be for Christians to stop killing one another. In the past century, we experienced two world wars, both occurring in large measure in the so-called Christian part of the world. The wars fought elsewhere, and the other violence perpetuated around the globe today, use weapons and techniques developed in what is left of Christendom. Majority Christian societies are no more loving than other societies. Even in nations dotted with churches, We find lies, cruelty, injustice, racism, oppression, and the treatment of men, women, and children as economic, social, sexual, or political tools. Our Christian homes are no less prone to violence, coldness, and hatred than those of any other families. My own Christian heart cannot show the world the unadulterated love of God. Our love for one another It's little wonder that after 2,000 years we have not converted the world to Christ. The problem is not with the world's vision, the problem is with us. We Christians have not even converted ourselves to Christ. The place to begin looking for an answer is in the case I know best, my own. Why do I not love as I know I should, as I know I could? The problem is that the love of God has too small a place in my belief. I find it hard to really believe deep down that the creation and sanctification of the world is done out of love for me. I don't think I'm worth that kind of love, and I'm not. No one is, but God gives it anyway. Because I find it hard to believe that God can love me, I fail to make love the source of all my life and action. The cross and resurrection of Jesus mean many things, but one of the chief messages of our redemption is that God's love for us is unbounded, uninhibited. We can sin, and God loves us. We can run away, and God loves us. We can spend 2,000 years claiming to be disciples with our words while denying it with our deeds, and God loves us we can die and God loves us for those who are willing and unafraid to see that love for love especially that of God can be frightening the natural response is grateful love in return God's overflowing love for me prompts overflowing love in me I then love not merely serve my neighbor I look like a disciple of Christ The task, then, is not to try harder to love my fellow Christians. I must reflect in prayer and stillness upon the love God really has for me. I should be constantly alert to see God's love at work in the events and people around me. If I can believe in that love, then the world may see a new kind of Christian, a new kind of church, one that lives as Jesus did, as Jesus does. When that happens, the world will know that I, that we, are companions of Jesus. The world will experience that love, be drawn by that love, and join in that love. Bringing the world to Christ is our vocation. Loving one another is the way to live that vocation.